Welcome, friends and fiends. This is your host, film critic and comedian, Nate Wyckoff. And I'm here to tell you about an exciting giveaway that Warner Brothers Discovery and Colton Classic Films LLC has put together to build your 4K Ultra HD film collection on digital. We are giving away four codes which contain digital 4K Ultra HD versions of Rebel Without a Cause, Maltese Falcon, and Cool Hand Luke. These are films that you absolutely must know as a film buff. You can get this code by being one of the lucky four people we pull from our newsletter list. So go to coltonclassicfilms.com slash newsletter and give us your email and your name and we'll sign you up for the newsletter and we will enter you in the competition. That's all you got to do. So please go ahead and do that. The contest ends on April 30th and we will send out the winning codes on May 1st. Thank you so much for being a listener. And here's your episode of Colton Classic Films Podcast. Welcome to Colton Classic. <laughs> Welcome, friends and fiends, to a mini-sode of Colton Classic Podcast. These are the short episodes we bring you every Friday before our main episodes on Tuesdays, where we talk about two thematically linked films, one mainstream and one cult. I'm your host, as always, Nate Wyckoff, a comedian and film critic. And we have a full panel here today for this brief mini-sode uh, where we're going to bring you some, some insights from our brains. We're going to talk today about a film you're excited for and a film you're terrified for. Uh, that means a film that you're uh, worried isn't going to be good or they're going to mess it up um, or what I like to call they're going to Michael Bay it all over the place. Uh, and I'm very excited to talk about this. With us as often is Tad Mastroianni. How are you doing, Tad? My name is Tad, and I hate every movie. It's true. He does. Uh, the only person that likes less movies than Tad is probably Jeff Tucker, but Jeff's not here today, so uh, so Tad's going to double it up. And also with us is Mandy Longley. How are you doing, Mandy? Oh, I'm happier than Tad, so it's a good day. <laughs> happier than Tad. Not a hard feat, but I'm glad you're here. Uh, we Also, to round us out is Greg Johnson. How are you doing, Greg? Oh, there's no time, Nate. Just keep going. Keep going with the show. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> We're doing it so quick today. Okay. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to start with Mandy, Mandy, uh, what's a film you're excited for? And then what's a film that you are terrified about? Oh she gosh. is so afraid. I'm excited right for my network connection to maybe be working, but it's not, I don't know this, how well I'm coming through. You're coming through. You're, uh, you're good. My, my movie pick is actually the same. <laughs> okay. <laughs> my movie pick is actually the same for both. I'm a huge fan of the Dune series, and I've been waiting for years for Dune to come out, which is supposed to be happening in my birthday month this year. So you're like, go out post-COVID in a movie theater and see Dune. Um, I see the trailer, super excited about it, and I read some some, some reviews from people who saw early screenings, and it also makes me kind of terrified. It sounds like maybe they... I don't know, like where is the movie ends a little abrupt, perhaps not where most fans would want the movie to end. Uh, so full on. Well, and we can talk about this just real quick. So people who aren't familiar with Dune, obviously they, they've probably seen the ads um, running at some point because I feel like they advertised it heavily a couple months ago uh, and they had things like the collector's figures coming out, which you can still see in uh, Target and things. Which, by the way, they're very nice figures. I'm very excited about the movie. But did you really think that you were going to sell 20 copies of like a seven, like an eight inch tall giant fat bald guy? Like, just think it through. Um, 
So, but but yeah, I think um, uh, uh, Denis Villeneuve, Villeneuve, excuse me for butchering that, is uh, directing this new one uh, that is coming out, as you said, Mandy, very soon. Um, it looks graphically stunning. This is Finally. actually yes, right. This is the third version of Dune that we have seen uh, hitting both the big and small screen. The first one, right? But uh, this was supposed to be released like two years ago. It was, and, and COVID so affected kept, that. Kept getting delayed. Um, so I yeah. also wonder mm -hmm. when when a film is delayed already, and then COVID. Oh, we're going to delay it more. It makes me wonder if there were other issues involved or other rendering problems. You know, mm -hmm. they didn't want to cast it, right? Uh, where they have to actually update the film mid-theater run. Uh, and, and then there was 84's right. Dune, which is probably most well-known um, because it has all sorts of people like Patrick Stewart in it. And it uh, was by David Lynch. And I have to say, I have a soft spot for the 84 Dune. I think there's a lot to like in it, but it is confusing. It is poorly paced. It is sort of just a nightmare. And part of the issue with that, I think, is that Frank Herbert, who wrote Dune, and then him, and I think his son Brian is... Uh, Herbert is continuing. He wrote some novels with his father. Uh, and, uh, anyway, there are people. He who wrote are... some that were based on notes that they found, and then right. there might be some that he wrote independently that were based on the world. There's, there's quite a few. Frank Herbert there's did a lot. quite a few sequels himself, and then his son helped, and then etc. Um, but Dune is massive, number one, as a novel, uh, and it is also extremely technical. Uh, Frank Herbert loved talking about machines. He loved describing the world building of the world in, in great detail. And so I think a lot of people have a difficult time bringing that to the screen and having it both feel like the book and also uh, feel like a film. Uh, so you can get sort of the cross section of people who are big Dune fans and then get people who are film fans and just want to, they maybe are just going for a sci-fi fix and they're going to be shocked because it's actually heavy with world building, social commentary. I feel like it's almost like a historical novel sometimes because there's so much political intrigue and things involved. Um, but I also am very excited for that. And as you said, I'm very terrified for that. So here's hoping that it actually makes enough money so they can continue on. Because as you said, I think that the early reviews and responses have, have indicated that it needs to have more in order to really fulfill our Dune desire. And if it doesn't succeed, I'm not sure how much longer we're gonna have to wait for another Dune. It's about 20 years per iteration. Um, so there we go. Good Not choice. The life cycle of a worm. Exactly. Know. And everybody who loves the sandworms in uh, Tim Burton's Beetlejuice, by the way, also a great theater stage show, uh, you're gonna love the sandworms in Dune. They are truly, truly magical. Next up is Tad. Tad, what is the film you're excited for? And what is the film you are terrified about? So the the film I'm most excited for is um, to go see Peter Rabbit 2, The Runaway. Okay. I mean, no. it doesn't have Margot Robbie in it this time, so I'm disappointed. I don't know no. why, but no, okay. I'm, I'm actually not excited for that whatsoever. Um, excited for, honestly, and this ties into my choice for what I'm most scared for. Um, the, the, one I, the only thing I actually care about right now in any way, shape, or form, honestly, just because I am so out of the loop when it comes to what actually is coming out in the next few years, because I just honestly don't care anymore, is uh, the new Doctor Strange movie. Uh, Tad, jaded, jaded man. Uh, I, I'm playing the part, man. No, I'm actually, I, I'm also very excited for Doctor Strange. I enjoy, even though, I mean, I wouldn't call it groundbreaking. Um, Doctor Strange was 
one of my favorite Marvel films. Um, I really have always loved the character and I thought they did a great job. You know, there was obviously an issue with casting Tilda Swinton in the, in the role of the ancient one um, instead of someone of, of color or age, Asian descent. Totally understand that. Totally agree with that. Tilda Swinton is a fantastic actress. Um, I think that if you're going to whitewash it, she was a great choice. But, uh, but I agree. Uh, it was problematic. That said, it was a great movie and the character is great. And the Multiverse of Madness, is that what it's called? The new yes. sequel? Uh, I'm excited mm -hmm. for it. And I'm excited to see uh, Wanda back in it. Uh, yes. It's been confirmed. And she's, uh, you know, a great, great friend of the pod. Love her. She's fantastic. The, uh, the TV show did such a great job of kind of picking up. And uh, it, it's kind of like what The Mandalorian did for me with Star Wars. Because after The Last Jedi, I basically just, once again, I was like, all right, I'm done with Star Wars. Because it doesn't seem they can actually figure out what the hell they want to do with it, how to write it. And after Endgame, I realized, I'm like, what the hell are they going to do? Because they're going to throw a bunch of shit at the wall. They're going to hope that it sticks. Um, unless they actually give us a real, like, 10-year Doctor Doom arc, because we all want it, we all need it. And I can't, in good faith, guarantee that they're actually going to give that to us, because that would be way too cool. Um, I mean, I think I we'll get Doctor Doom in a small scale with a Fantastic Four movie. But I agree with you. I don't think they're going to do something like that. I think they're going to go more Avengers-based again. But I agree. I think Doctor Strange in the uh, Multiverse Madness or whatever the iteration of words that is, I'm excited for it too. What's the movie that you're most scared of? Everything else in the MCU for the next goddamn <laughs> 10 years. Like... Honestly, I wanted, I want, I was excited for Black Widow, and then it kept getting pushed back and pushed back, and then I realized that I just didn't care because it's too late. The Black Widow movie should have come out. They should have made her that movie years ago. Well, here's my issue with that. that: they shouldn't have killed her character. No, it didn't make didn't. any sense. It, and the fact that she doesn't come back when the stones come back makes zero sense. None of that makes sense. They just like everything else, and I've I've railed against time travel movies on this podcast before. Time travel is too difficult. Uh, you, you, you're not going to make the plot make enough sense. Um, jump to 15 years in the future where somehow I get a time travel novel published, but talk to me about it then. Um, <laughs> and I, I don't, I agree with you. Um, I, I'm most frustrated with Black Widow in the fact that it's, it, it can't, it's not going to bring her back into the universe. Oh. And you never gave her a fair shake anyway. I don't think she was the one to cast for Black Widow, but since you cast her, give her a chance because Scarlett Johansson's a great actress. So she can bring a lot to the role. She did in the tiny snippets they finally started giving her in the latter half of last phase. Um, we could have gotten a Black Widow movie in 2013 instead of Thor 2. Could we have? Because I don't think we could have because Marvel wasn't on board with it yet. Um, and this is, by the way, coming from a DC fan, who I am well aware and talk often about the deep-seated sexist policies of Warner Brothers as a whole, which includes DC, and the issues that they have from the top down uh, in regards to uh, misogyny and racism, and they need to go. Um, there's, there's excellent properties there. There are great people working for them, but the people at the top, if, if you're a problem, everybody's going to become a problem. You're poisoning the well. So take them out. Marvel has a similar problem. Disney seems they try to be as sort of anti-humanist as possible by staying out of being a person uh, and having a face to them that's not a bad idea uh from a marketability standpoint but uh marvel has sort of been able to get around that by having movies that are family friendly um but 
we're finally seeing some pushback. And especially, frankly, they lifted the pushback when Black Panther succeeded. They were like, oh, people want movies with people of color. Maybe they also want movies with women. Maybe that's, so it's like, and, and I also think you're right. They're kind of sabotaging it by pushing it out farther and farther and farther because they're, it's just an ago. excuse because we saw the leaked emails. There were leaked emails internally at Marvel that said um, uh, essentially Black Panther, I mean, a uh, Black Widow movie, um, girls don't sell toys. Well, you saw that leaked email. It happened. We know it's true. This is not, it shouldn't be news to us. Um, but unfortunately it is. And you really also, by the way, guys, you want to know why nobody's buying your Black Widow toys or any other women's toys? Because you work with Hasbro and their women look horrible in figure form. Guys, when you work with a poor publisher and distributor, you get poor quality facial sculpts. It's just the reality. Okay, that was my tirade. Good choices. Greg, what are your choices for most excited for a film and most terrified about films? Well, my most excited should come as no surprise. It's the unbearable weight of massive talent <laughs> um, with Nicolas Cage as drumroll Nicolas Cage. Um, sorry, look at the IMDb. He's Nick Cage. But you have Nicolas Cage, you have Pedro Pascal, you have Sharon Horrigan, Neil Patrick Harris, Tiffany Haddish. Like, it just goes on. This... Um, this maybe maybe I should just read the description. Uh, a cash-strapped Nicholas Cage agrees to make a paid appearance at a billionaire superfan's birthday party, but it is but is really an informant for the CIA since the billionaire fan is a drug kingpin and gets cast in a Tarantino movie. Like it's love. just it's, it sounds like me being John Malkovich for Nick Cage. Yeah, it's just the most batshit thing I've heard and. You know, every every time I see a great Nicolas Cage film, I really hope in in the most polite of ways that he just gently passes away after it so he can go out on a high note. And this this would be the film to do it because I just I just I don't I don't want him to end up Jimmy Stewart where you look at his IMDB and oh yeah, he did a Fible Goes West and a cameo on Goof Troop. Like what a what a life, Jimmy. What do you say? What do you say, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's great. Um, and also, guys, this we're recording this uh, on June 17th, Thursday, and it will run uh, the day after June 18th, which is not common for us, but we're doing that just for you to get you fresh content. Um, but today, Thursday, uh, the new trailer for the Nicolas Cage film Pig, where he goes on a mm -hmm. hunt to get back his stolen pig, uh, come, has come out. So check that trailer out. It's going to be a wild, wild ride. Great. John Wick 4, Pig. John course. Wick 4, Pig. What is your, what is your most scared for film? Um, you know, Tad, I I'm I'm so happy at your choices because I emailed Nate. I was not sure if you wanted our stuff ahead of time, but here's mine. Film I am scared of all of the MCU going forward. Um, it's really going to be a, a complete crapshoot as to whether uh, it's any good. I I was I was looking today at like the the lineup here and yet. Oh. Going all the way back to phase one, it ends with the Avengers. Avengers reveals, oh, it's going to be Thanos. It's going to be a big Thanos arc. And then you have, you know, 10 years of Thanos buildup. And then you have this payoff with Endgame, which is great, wonderful. Then we move into Spider-Man Far From Home. Okay, great movie. Cool. We have Black Widow, a prequel about a dead character. All right, sure. Um, I'm not going to talk about spoilers because I know a lot of this is still fresh, but, you know, we talked about WandaVision, uh, Falcon, Winter Soldier. I'm all caught up on Loki. It's fun, but where the fuck are we going? 
what are right. we doing? Well, it's just going to be a bunch of very entertaining mini soap operas that pay off at nothing. As far as I can tell so far, I've, I've, I've talked to some people that know a little bit and it sounds interesting, but again, I don't, I don't see another tie-in that hooks me to another decade of Marvel films. I, here's the thing. I almost wonder, I, because I, I agree with you, and I have heard a little as well, and we won't share it here, because I actually do think that we should run, and guys, write in if you want this. I'd like us to discuss, once Loki finishes its run, the three Disney Plus series from the MCU and, and talk about them as a whole and where they've directed the, the upcoming Marvel Cinematic Universe. But I actually yearn for movies that actually go in their own directions, which is weird, which is why Spider-Man Far From Home kind of worked, because it started to take it you know, we're part of the same universe, but we can have our own arc. Yet, the problem is, which I think is what both Tad, you and Greg are getting to, is that the cornerstone characters that allowed us to do big arching things uh, are not present anymore. Um, I'm not saying bring back, I've seen the billboard in Los Angeles, bring back Tony Stark, Marvel. <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not saying those things, right? Chris no. Evans can go do other things. Tony Stark, <laughs> you know whatever bring him back as somebody else they did it in the comics like there's all sorts of options here but usually when an arc finishes you have somebody coming out that can herald the next thing and they're trying to patch that up i think with like falcon the winter soldier um but you needed to do that beforehand um and we're not and they're trying it with thor but i just don't know that they really have any idea of how it's going to work instead of being as you said a, another phase where there's a concept they're going here's a bunch of movies because we can do sequels with these characters that are still alive and that doesn't give a strong direction and i will tell you this it is also how marvel has tended to run the comic industry that they were dc yep. has yearly planning meetings where they plan far down the road and they actually tend to follow through. And it gives us these massive decades long uh, uh, callbacks, which are epic. It's why they have such a strong um, world building uh, aspect to it. Look at 52 and things like that. But then Marvel says they do that, but they are just constantly cannibalizing their own material with rewrites. Um, and I just, I just don't know what they're gonna do with it. Um, well, they're going to do season one and two of Marvel's What If, and they're just going to take know. all these Frankenstein ideas, and it'll be entertaining. It'll be entertaining as shit, I'm sure. I'm excited but, to see Haley to hear Haley Atwell take over as Captain America. That'll be fun, yeah, um, especially since a, they what? should give Agent Carter season three to Disney Plus. Why did they not do that? Yeah, oh, I'm sorry, because you can't have a woman-led series. They did it with WandaVision. I loved it. Uh, I would like them to do more. They're just going to end up calling Brian Michael Bendis to come in and fix it, and he's going to make it worse. I, I'm, I'm agreeing with you on that. Um, <laughs> so, so I agree. I am excited, though. And you know what? There are certain things. Like, I'm very excited for the next Spider-Man. I'm very excited for um, Ant-Man and Wasp Quantumania because there's really nothing they have to do with that one. Um, they can do whatever they want. It gives a little freedom. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't Thor, Love and Thunder, um, great director at the helm. Love him. Uh, I'm sure it'll be entertaining. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Gar I mean. So we're getting, here's my, we're going to jump to mine. <laughs> what I'm most excited for is The Suicide Squad by James Gunn. Of course, 
uh, most well known to, to people these days because of the Guardians of the Galaxy films. I love James Gunn. He can do no wrong. Honestly, they're fun. They have an edge. Um, the Suicide Squad looks to be everything that the Harley Quinn animated series said it was going to be and has utterly failed to be. Um, and I'm not trying to rip on them. I know the news just broke that DC said uh, heroes don't do that about Batman going down with Catwoman. Well, I can tell you this, uh, as many comedians have already tweeted online, uh, you think a woman named Catwoman isn't going to be with a guy that eats pussy. I know that's that's dirty, but it's true. <laughs> of course he does. Don't be stupid. Um, my biggest issue is, well, it probably wasn't a funny joke if it was in the show. Um, and regardless, uh, but give, watch it. You know, I like Kaylee, however you pronounce her name, Big Bang Theory alum. Uh, but just saying, um, the Suicide Squad looks to be brilliant. Love Margot Robbie, Idris Elba, everyone involved is great. And giving him a property that lets him bring out his bizarre trauma vibe with his um, smart, like actual caring character base building that, that he brought out with Guardians of the Galaxy, um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a hell of fun. I'm super excited. Uh, what I'm most scared about, hmm. Boss Baby Two. Oh, that's gonna be a winner. <laughs> Actually, I heard good things about Boss Baby One. To be fair, um, it was I'm, it was fun. I liked it. I'm just tired of people giving Alec Baldwin work. He's kind of an <laughs> ass. Um, but here, <laughs> defend yourself, Alec. E email us today. Um, yeah, no, I think uh, what I'm most nervous about is. Uh, Mabius by, you know, uh, or some people like to say Mobius, but Mabius, the uh, living vampire, oh, the Marvel God. property that is closely tied to Spider-Man that Sony has that they're putting out that will clearly, I'm pretty, it's going to share uh, a world with Venom. Uh, and the reason I'm scared is sort of twofold. One, they could do a very poor job with it, um, but I think they might actually do okay in a new take. Uh, or with because Mobius is not a well-known character these days, so you could take some liberties that would pay off. I actually really am afraid that film people, uh, that that film fans who are comic book fans will not receive it well because it's not a Marvel Cinematic Universe film because they really don't like anything that isn't MCU. Um, and if you don't give it a chance, I'm afraid it's going to kill it. I am going. I 100% stand by and stand jared leto i think he's great um and i i like the risks he takes and i'm looking forward to it but i have a feeling that it might be dead in the water and that's what i'm afraid of so i'm telling you guys pre-order your tickets when they become available go support it tweet about it get the buzz going because the only way we can get new creative movies especially out of marvel properties is if we do give them a chance uh even when they're not done by disney so that's going to wrap this one up Thank you guys so much for being a part of culticlassicpodcast.com. Rate us wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us uh, great reviews because we're great, I promise. Uh, you can show <laughs> my stamp of approval. And to play us out, as always, is the Chud with All About Evil. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Colton Classic Podcast. This podcast is important to me, but what's more important are the rights, 
privileges, and freedom from violence of everyone in this country and in this world. And that means supporting Black Lives Matter. If you'd like to make a donation, please go ahead and visit coltonclassicpodcast.com where we have a list of places you can donate and help out. And please stay safe.